DJ Benny James. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for pressing play. I'm at my home studio. I got my little Corona drink here. Got my beer. I don't normally drink beer, but today is ridiculously hot. It's really sticky. The humidity must be like 95%. It's crazy. But I'm here. It's late in the day. I normally do this earlier, but better late than never. I spent most of my morning editing an interview I did yesterday, a phone interview with Cora and Kalani from Coradorables. You are going to find all out about them and their company, but mostly about their story. Their story is just crazy. I'm not going to give everything away. All I can say is it's very inspiring what they have got through. So today, it's going to be volume two of Soul Speaks. I told you I'm going to try and do Soul Speaks once a month and feature an artist of some kind. And Cora is most definitely that, and her husband as well. Both are very creative people. In the background, you can hear some jazz over. Instrumental version of Rocking You Eternally. I hope you guys are all safe and well out there. We are all still good on my side. I just had a nice little gift mailed to me by one of my fans and my friends in Costa Rica, Diane. Thank you, Diane. That was the sweetest thing ever. She totally surprised me and sent me a book called The Four Agreements. Now, I know she knows I'm not a reader. and You guys know by now I'm not a reader, right? But I am determined to finish this book. I'm about a third of the way through it right now. And these are the basic four agreements. Be, be impeccable with your word. I think I'm pretty good at that one already. I really, really do strive to keep my word. That's something that was like ingrained in me since I was a young boy. Don't take anything personally. That's the second agreement. That's gonna be a challenge for me, trust me. <laughs> I do take things personally. Next one is don't make assumptions. I do that too. And I gotta learn to ask more questions so I can get clarity before I get upset and take things personal. So, I think those both two are interlinked somehow. And always do your best is the last one. And I think I do that. Hopefully you guys agree with that. I think you do because last week I got the most listens of this podcast than I've ever got. So yay, pat on my back and a massive thank you to you guys for sharing with your friends, for putting it on your media platforms, to the supporters that financially support the show, to the sponsors, to the investors, 
Wow, you just made my week last week when I saw those numbers coming, so thank you. So I'm going to get straight to the music, and I'm going to play this first one, especially for Cora. And it's called You Will Rise by Sweetback. And listen to the words in this, guys. It's simply amazing.
On the line right now, I have Cora and Kalani. They are from a company called Coradorables. These guys have been my friends for uh, quite some years now, and they live in Hawaii, but they have a story that is just incredible. And Cora, how are you doing today? I'm great. How are you, Benny? I'm, I'm good, man. I'm happy we're surviving. And Kalani, how are you doing, brother? I'm doing good. Good to hear your voice, buddy. Yeah, good to hear you guys, man. It's been a while now. We don't really know each other. Like We haven't hung out and had drinks and barbecues and chilled out together. But whenever I've seen you in passing, you guys just seem like such a wonderful family, a warm-hearted family. Aww. Um, Thank you so much. You know, you're both very, very creative people. I know, Kalani, I used to see you down at the radio station. I wasn't too sure what your position was there, but I remember that... um, Oh, yeah, I was a production director. You was a production director for what radio station? It was for Cox Media Group, and later they turned into Summit Media Group. Are you still doing that now? Uh, No, I'm completely with Coradorables, the family brand. You know, I'll do the occasional voiceover work for TV or, and of course, hey, the family brand, that's where it's all at. Yeah, know? yeah. Well, we're, we're definitely going to get into that because I want to talk about the, um, the company, obviously, and, and how it started and, and where it is now and where you guys are going in the future. Obviously, I want to talk all about that. But, Corey, you sent me a, a little article about you guys. And normally, I was explaining to you, normally, I don't really like to find out too much about people before I actually interview them because I want it to be as organic as possible and I feel like the less I know the better for me anyway (laughs) but I couldn't help read your story and it's just amazing what you guys have been through and you're still here today and you're still pushing through it's just crazy I'm sure you've got lots more to tell me but let's just start off I guess with um how did you guys meet first of all we met at the radio station it's funny I think many would say it was love at first sight um, I had just gotten hired at the radio station as an account executive for Crater 96, and I was eager to get out in the field and start selling. And they told me I had to interview with the rest of the executives, and there was one executive that had not made it back yet. He was out snowboarding, and that was Chris Chang, a.k.a. Kalani, my husband. Yeah. And basically, he came through the door. I was sitting in the break room waiting, like, oh, my gosh, when can I get out there in the field? And he walks the door with his headset on and puts his snowboarding backpack inside of the locker. I'm looking, I'm like, oh, my God, who is this cutie? Because, you know, a lot of guys that work in radio uh, look like they work in radio. <laughs> <laughs> they got a face for radio. And I would say that present company excluded. You and my husband definitely don't have uh, radio faces. Okay. Um, but when he walked in, I was like, well, God, I got to let him see my booty when I walk away. And so I got up and did the whole walk away thing. And right. literally, he turned to John Matthews, who's still in radio here as well, and said, who's the sister with the big booty? And he was like, oh, that's the new AE. That's Cora. Basically, room we sat down and talked, and we have never not been together since that day, right?
2002. So we've been together now, what, 18 years. Okay, so you got plans to get married, and then suddenly your world gets turned upside down. You find a lump on your face, and you go to surgery, and then that's basically when the whole story begins, and it just goes crazy from that point, and it just goes from bad to worse. Have I got that right? Yeah. I mean, when we first started dating was when they found the lump. And it was tiny then. It was just pea-sized. So that was back in 2002. I didn't get it resucted for the first time until 2005. They didn't find out that it was cancer until after we got married in 2008. And then they found out it was cancer in 2009. Wow. Okay. How did you feel? I mean, I, I can't imagine. I, I had a colonoscopy last year. And when the results came back, they told me, well, it's not full-on cancer yet, but it can become cancer. So you need to come every five years instead of every 10 years, right? And just hearing that is right. scary, right? So how did how did you personally take it and, and how did it affect the family? For me, I just basically was just like, okay, no problem. Like, let's figure this out. Like, let's go. Okay. Let's, let's let's get it. Let's let's figure this out. Like, what's the next plan of attack? Okay. What you, I, I, I kind of had the same feeling. First thought was just, okay, what are our plan of attack? What are our options? I had no doubt in my mind that we were going to get through it because I already knew that my wife was a strong person, and it was just like, you know, no no time to cry. Let's let's go. Let's get it done. You know. But he did cry when I first when we first started dating, and I told him <laughs> that I had a little lump in my my jaw that yeah. the dentist found. And he cried. And I'm like, dude, why are you crying? And he was like, well, I just met you. I don't want to lose you. I'll never forget him saying that. And I was like, dude, you're not going to lose me. I'm not going anywhere. We just met. And right. that was in 2002. And then we had a deal. With, we've been dealing with this for the past yeah, you've been, 15 years. Yeah, you've been dealing with it and dealing with it and dealing with it. It's crazy. Yeah. i got to tell you, when I look on Facebook and I see all these posts, right, of you guys, you're always together. You're always loving on each other. You take a lot of pictures of you guys. Uh, Kalani, be honest now. <laughs> be honest now, Kalani. Kalani, be honest with me. If my, if, my, oh, if, my, yeah. if my wifey kept on putting a camera in my face every five seconds, I'd be like, calm down, calm down. So, Kalani, come on now. Man to man here. Is this, like, driving you crazy or, or are you loving this? No, I, I'm I'm loving it, and you know, honestly, we we love it just as a family unit. You know what? They initially told Cora that you know what, you probably aren't going to be able to have any kids, and you know, she, you know her, she's she's going to overachieve, and she said, no way, I'm going to do it. You know, you know, we were blessed to have our two girls, and because we feel that we have been blessed through all of this, no, we try to celebrate as much as possible. Even you know, right now during the, all these COVID times, so, you know, there's a lot of people being down, and you know, we've all lost people in this 
I feel sometimes, you know what, being in radio, it's our job to uplift people. That's, that was probably why I got into the whole radio and music thing anyway, because I want music, you know, it makes us feel good, right? I mean, it, it does. Well, basically, as far as going back to the, me putting the camera always in the face, they say that you take pictures of what you love most. And when I found my love, my, my, my other half, and then later on us having our children, then of course that's what I love the most in this world, you know? And so they're, they're my muse, you know, my inspiration. And so I, they literally do. They always have the camera in their face. Yeah. Like, and I'm, you know, and they're just used to it now. It's yeah. like just this family member, you know, because, yeah. and, but for me, it was also having those pictures when I went through cancer, was in the hospital, of looking back on the good times and, and all of my celebrations as far as of life before we had kids, of our wedding, of our traveling together, of us building the brand for our store. You know, it was always something that I could look on. And so, Pictures for me are more than just a post on social media. For me, it is a photojournalistic journey of our day to day. It's our photo diary, you know, of our lives. And that's why I always hashtag mommy diaries or hashtag this or that because for me, it's just honest to God, uh, just a, a documentation of, of this life journey of, of, of our love story and of our right. happily ever after. Right. Don't have to worry Oh baby 
regarding to the surgeries itself, you've had some facial reconstruction. They've had to take uh, different parts of your body and stuff like that and scarring and everything. I mean, nothing seems to affect your confidence. I mean, a lot of women would not want to take photos. They would not want to take selfies or whatever. But you seem to have, obviously, you have your inner beauty and you're stunning anyway, regardless. But did, did it ever affect oh, thank you, did, did it ever affect you and you think, you know what, I'm not beautiful anymore? Did you ever self-doubt yourself in any way? No. <laughs> it's just well, not, you know, because I've never been a person... Me, I don't judge other people by what I see on their outside. I'm very much a person that goes off of energy. And like I said, I'm the perpetual optimist. And so where, where, I love people. In- where, where do you get that from? I mean, this is so inspiring for people that have been through a lot of stuff in their life. They, they cling on to that and they use that as an excuse not to succeed. Um, I read a little bit about your grandmother, right? And she was a massive inspiration for you. I mean, was it was it your family, your 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 background, your culture? What has given you this like nonstop optimism? Well, you know, I've always grown up around a lot of elders, a lot of older people, and so they were always octogenarians, you know, eighty year olds, ninety year olds, almost hundred year olds. And so I guess since I was a young child, I was been surrounded by wisdom of people who had lived through and gone through a lot and had traveled the world themselves as um, people of color. And they had their own perspectives, and they were movers and shakers and innovators. So it was kind of odd in the sense that, you know, I'm not first-generation college-educated. You know, I'm third-generation college-educated in my family. Got it. And so, you know, some things were just expected rather than it be that I'm trailblazing anything. So I had a trailblaze kind of an other way. So, so you kind of, you had a standard to measure up to. Right, you had, like, yeah, you, you had some course, big, you, you had know? some big shoes to fill and that's good because that, that makes you I'm, accountable. Now, another thing I noticed as well, and this is quite funny, your humor obviously is a massive part of your life, right? I mean, one of the things I read is that you said, well, if I've got a tumor, I want it to be the Bentley of all tumors. Like, you, you just got such a humor <laughs> and does that, Kalani, does that get you guys through things, the, the whole humor thing? Oh, of course. I think, honestly, that that is um, a lot of the ways we connected, you know. I think what's kind of crazy is that what people don't know about Chris, he's written for a lot of morning shows. Back in the day, in the 80s, he wrote for, like, the Michael Q. saying morning show and the number one rated morning show here in Hawaii for decades. And so he's always been that kind of quiet, behind-the-scenes guy. But like, people, when they see us, they always think, oh, she's the more outgoing one, whereas, honest to goodness, what they don't know is I'm the introvert and he's the wild man. Mighty, mighty. 
All these essential workers, the people who normally are in the background, but we need uh, in order to get our day-to-day functions done, right. that they're very the core of our companies, our brands, who we are, you know, how we move as a nation or as, as a globe. Yeah. And to me, he's essential. Well, yeah. And I couldn't do what I do without him. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't think of him as in my background. We're always by each other's side. Yeah. So we're well, always side. That is obviously very evident in everything you post. And you guys are always together. And I, it's so inspiring, like I said. And it's, it's lovely to see. But I was just wondering because, oh. like, when my past relationship, my past marriage was very, very different. I just did not have the support. Then I met Faye. And this new relationship I have is completely and utterly different. And we both agree that what's very different about this relationship between our past relationships is there's no competition. We both want to raise each other up. And she's, no. ver- she's very happy to be in the background and support me. So we can go to events. She'll be my roadie. She'll help me set up, break down. She'll take requests. She'll do whatever it takes to make sure everything runs super smooth. Yes, I'm the one there on the mic and I'm the front man. But boy, I couldn't do it without her. And I think that's exactly the same for you right yeah it's exactly just like what you said there's times where i've had to host events and she's right there helping me out and cheering me on we both do our share of heavy lifting in all different areas you know you're always better together i mean you can't move no one's an island no one can do anything alone and if if you feel as though you're doing anything all by yourself or alone then that's where you're exactly where you'll be Yes. But when you acknowledge all the people that are a part of your journey and that are essential to your journey and give them acknowledgement and the, the kudos that they deserve, then people only want to continue to work in collaboration with you. I mean, right. we know as all being music lovers, everything is a huge collaboration. It's not just, you know, you don't write, produce, sing and, you know, edit and do all the rest of the stuff. You know, it, it takes a team to put together an amazing piece of, of artwork. And so uh, with our live journey, seeing a piece of work and a piece of art, you know that there's many collaborators on that journey. So yeah to me, he's my, he's my, uh, my Jimmy Jam to my Terry Lewis. Ah, Okay. Okay. Let's 
You got married on 10-10-2010. No, that's when our, our, our daughter was born, 10-10-10. We got married 8-8-8. Oh, okay. Okay, so you, so you got married on 8-8-8-08-08-08, and then your daughter yes. was born 10-10-10. So this whole numerology thing, obviously you picked this date for your marriage on purpose. So is that a big thing for you, the numerology? Yeah, it is. And then first is past Chinese, so fat, fat, fat had a lot of meaning numerologically and culturally for, within his culture, right? Okay. So there was that aspect, too. But, I mean, it was a heck of a date to try to secure. We got married in Vegas, of all things, at the Wynn, Las Vegas. Big shout-out to the Wynn. Thank you so much. You guys put up with a lot from us. <laughs> but we had a lot of fun. It was a, it was amazing. But um, it was definitely an auspicious date. But we definitely do look a lot at numerology and astrology, but different things, even though at our base and our core, um, for our, our denomination, we're both um, Catholic, which is a huge aspect to who we are as a couple, as far as being prayerful and united, so that when anything does go awry, whether it be health, financial, physical, mental, um, we depend a lot on our spiritual base. Um, to anchor us and to bring us together and, and get us through. That's wonderful. That is wonderful.
daughters you have Belle who's nine years old like you said she was born uh, 10 10 10 and um, right. and you got Zoe Dot is that right did I pronounce that right Zoe Dot yeah, Zoe, 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 Zoe Dot and she's six years old and let me just say hi to the girls first of all because they are just way too cute and it's illegal <laughs> so, they're listening at the door. <laughs> they're okay. so excited. Yeah. <laughs> I got to give them a shout out because they're adorable. And Aww. that's why you call it Core Adorables because they're adorable. <laughs> Tell us a little about them and their characters because I know my two boys, they're completely different from each other. So is it the yep. same with yours? That is exactly right. <laughs> they are oil and vinegar, fire and water. Literally, like as we talked about numerology, one is a fire sign and the other one's a water sign. And... It's funny, too, we both got our mini-me's because Isabel is born the year of the tiger, like Daddy, and Zoe is born the year of snake, like Mommy. So we literally have one of each of us. Oh, my God. <laughs> our little mini-me's. And it's so funny because I, of course, gravitate towards the little mini-tiger, and he gravitates to the little mini-snake. So it's definitely a balance in our household, and we joke about it a lot. Right. But they're yin and yang, you know? It's, it's kind of like they're the best of both worlds. Right. You know, they both totally, completely different personalities. One's extremely picky eater. The other one is extremely adventurous. Uh, you know, you give her, she'll eat the, one will eat the eyeball out of the fish. And the other one will be like, oh, heck no. You know, you, you make me feel so good inside. I've always wanted a girl just like you. such a purity.
before we get on to the company, just want to ask about the cancer real quick. Are you all free and clear? What's going on with that right now? Oh, yeah. I'm 100% in remission right now, which is awesome. You know, it's the first time, honestly, that we don't have the monkey on our back. I mean, I think once you do battle cancer and you do have a lot of residual, like I had, a lot of residual radiation damage, you know, and a lot of facial reconstruction and bodily reconstruction, there's always something that comes up. I guess the most recent, like Chris was just bringing up, was a whole lot of dental work because um, all my teeth on the right top side fell out um, from radiation. And I've been a girl who never had a cavity in her life, wow. but teeth fell out from radiation. I also used to have, from getting radiation, they wired my mouth shut in order to have the same area be radiated in the body. And so my mouth was wired shut and I had to have a tube up my nose in order to be fed that way. And the thing about it, the reason I love my husband so much is that even with a tube up my nose and me being in a hospital bed or anything else, he's never not said that I was beautiful or never looked at me any differently. And literally, I came out of cancer looking like a completely different person than he married. But he's never looked at me different. And I've always respected and re- appreciated that, that his love is, is eternal and it's not surface. And so that, that means a lot to me. Sounds like a good man. No, he's the best. He is the best. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Ooh, 
I applaud you, brother, because, you know, there's a lot of people that walk away from strife, you know, from problems, from heartache, right? And this must have been really difficult for you at times. So I applaud you, and you're a great example for all of us men out there. one time you couldn't get the surgery that you needed and the treatment that you needed in Hawaii so you had to go to the east coast right. to uh, Baltimore right you went to John Hopkins right, John Hopkins. right. and they right. said that this was a super rare cancer they'd never seen it before you were getting treated and then you were traveling back to Hawaii Chris had a place you had a place like and like finances were being completely drained like oh my god you've made my life feel so much easier now listening to yours how the hell did you get no, through had, it? I mean, we had a 2,500-square-foot store at Ward in Ala Moana. So we were paying $18,000 a month just in our store lease. And that's not including what we were paying for our homes, everything else that had to come with cancer. And so we were really, really blessed to have a really good working relationship with a lot of our vendors. Um, just a lot of good people, just the good natureness of people, like, and just the strength of our relationship with them you know, help get us through, like I said, no presence in Ireland. So we were on a lot of receiving end of graciousness and charity. And yeah. so that was really humbling. You know, when you go feeling like you're bawling out, when you have the Porsche and the, the zip codes, the 96814 and the whole nine, all the material trappings. And yeah. then it, it rubbled down to absolutely literally nothing to having negative and the stellar credit, the, the 800 credit score and the whole nine to being knocked all the way down to the 500s, you know, and having to declare bankruptcy. It was, it's really humbling. And so for us having our faith was a main anchor. And then again, the elders in our family um, of my aunts and uncles, my mom, my dad, his mom, his dad, um, yeah. to look upon on how they survived their relationships and, and trials and tribulations yeah. um, back in the day. And knowing that there were going to be better times ahead, that this too shall pass. And that, for us, was a game changer. And when you have a partner that's in the trenches with you, I think, during those hard times, then you, it bonds you even closer together. Some people, I guess, it could either drive them really further apart and really polarize them, or it can make you hunker down yeah. and become even more close. And yeah. that's what it did, essentially, I think, for us. Yeah, and I think that's right. I think when you find the right person, like like me and my wife, um, this is the first time I've actually wanted to fight for a relationship you know what i mean before when when things were going wrong i'm just looking for the exit door like where's the exit door i want to get the hell out of here but now it's like how can we find solutions for this yes yes we're going through a difficult time but like chris said you know how do we find solutions you know there is no exit door you know i want to be with this woman for the rest of my life right you know what i'm saying so we got to figure out a way to make this work 
that dress got the best by far You look so smooth and looking so sexy Girl, why don't you sit right beside me Scoot, scoot down every intriguing track Every inch I get closer to your temperature gets a little hot now Chemistry burning out here Can't quench it with no water Hey, but let's take a minute now Let's rewind Remember we fell in love with each other Remember the long times The world felt like it's up, yeah Now we can escalate Seems like we already determining our fate Yes, no Hey Love season is in progress Got no stress Love's like a furnace Because it's not promised, not to sound, you know, like a Hallmark card and to sound trite in any way, but we're just very grateful just to wake up and, and have each other and to be here, you know, and we know that it doesn't take all the material trappings. It just takes, you know, love. At yeah. the end of the day, that's the core of everything is just love. Uh, that's the most important thing, isn't it, at the end of the day? All the rest of it, I mean, the novelty wears off real quick. You get a Porsche, you know, novelty wears off. Before long, you're going to want something else, yeah. you know. You get a big house, before <laughs> yeah. long, you'll want another house, right? But it's family, it's, right. lo- it's love, it's faith, it's the inside of us, the being proud of ourselves, being proud of each other, you know, uplifting each other. Those are the kind of things that really make us happy, right? So I agree with you. couldn't agree right. with you more. So let's move on to Core Adorables real quick. Can you guys tell us a little bit about how it all started, where the concept came from, and where it is now, and where is it going in the future? So it was more of the idea when I was battling cancer. I had to come to Jesus, and I knew I really wanted to have kids. And I said, when I win this battle with cancer, I said, either I want to start naming crayon colors, or ice cream, become an evangelist, or create an amazing kid's Aloha wear line. And I want to have kids, cute kids to put in it. And so it ended up being the latter. I know I would have loved to have named ice cream. But what ended up happening is I came back and the doctors were like, well, you probably aren't going to have kids. It's probably going to be harder. I don't know if you're going to get pregnant, blah, blah, blah. I don't subscribe to the negative channel. 
And so we just, you know, kicked it, came back home, saw my baby and literally got pregnant. I was surprised, you know, on a doctor's visit, I was going for, you know, like, do you know you're pregnant? I'm like, what? So we started with Aloha Wear for, for little kids, and then we were the first ever retailer from Hawaii on Zulily.com. And then what I've always wanted to kind of be like Martha Stewart meets Oprah meets Walt Disney. And so like literally we had different extensions of the brand. And so when I, we went to pitch Disney, the CMO of Disney said to me, Cora, do you want to sell us your kids' clothing line or do you want to sell us a story? And I said, well, is my story good enough? Like, what? Like, this is Disney. Like, what? He says, why don't you work on that, formulating your story? And I'm like, yeah. And then I need an animator and an illustrator. And so literally, I think of myself as kind of like a queen manifester. I'm able to manifest things very quickly. That's why I always try to keep my energy channels very positive and focus on things that I want so that I can create good things instead of focusing on negative things and creating more of what I don't want. So pictures are a huge thing of when you're focused on what you love and beauty and, and the people who love and support you and you surround yourself with those visuals and just of joy and happiness, it lifts up your frequency. Okay. And, and then you reverberate higher. And so people are joke a lot about me taking all these different pictures of stuff, but I'm taking pictures of things that make me feel good. And so I'm only focused on good things. Good and, energy. And good energy. Good energy. The universe only knows the law of attraction and manifestation of energy. And yes. so with that, if you're focused on worry, then you're going to create more worry. If you're focused on beauty and cuteness and just um, having a good time, then you're going to manifest more good times. Wow. And so that's more of what I like to always just focus on. And it's just recently that I gave up worrying about how all of my dreams were going to come through. I just realized that they will and that it will happen. And honestly, when I let go of trying to figure out and mastermind making it happen, things just naturally just kind of fall into place. After that meeting with the CMO of Disney, I ended up manifesting an amazing Disney animator and animator actually from Sesame Street. So they are working on some short animated films right now with our cartoon characters and being able to sit down and talk and see how things are created and how things are imagineered and engineered. That's been a fun process. Why I remember sitting in the hospital bed and telling these doctors and nurses, I'm going to come back one day when I'm on my Oprah and I'm going to be able to give back millions and millions of dollars. And I'm not there yet. However, 
I am very proud and very happy. We're very, very, very happy to say that we are going back to Johns Hopkins to supply over 20,000 of our Hawaii transplants, um, e-books and, and, and coloring books. And, um, and we're also looking at also supplying them with the mask in regards to giving back to their pediatric units wow. in not only Baltimore, Maryland, but also Florida to start. Um, so that's a way that we're coming full circle yeah. and our characters are being utilized in a way that is productive and, and helpful in this current environment rather than just being cute. And so that's kind of where we're at. Change doesn't come, and the civil rights movement didn't just come just from black people in the movement. Right. It was white um, people also in the civil rights movement, Asian people also in the civil rights movement. Civil rights wasn't just a black-white issue. It was a human issue. It Thank is you. a human issue. Thank you. And when we see these things as a human issue, and instead of seeing it in black and white, then we start to see it as a common denominator and a common thing for us all to work towards as a common goal. Instead of um, us polarizing each other and saying, nope, you do this, you do that, or you right. can't say this, or you can't say that. We all are working together. It's not about, oh, I, I'm in solidarity with you, even though I'm not black. No, you're in solidarity with me because you're human, right. and you feel this on a human level. And that's where change is going to definitely be implemented and come. And right. I'm very hopeful because... All people have always had to overcome, but the fact is we've always overcame. But we overcame it as people. No, I agree with, with you. I agree with you. I think it, it's going to take a combination of everybody getting together. I, I read something today that said, um, if you're breathing and you're not disgusted with what's happening right now, something's wrong. Basically, them, you know, it's basically saying it doesn't matter what right. race, what race you are. If you're breathing, Absolutely. if you're a human being, and right. you're not disgusted by what's going on, you're, you're, you're I, part I, of the problem. I'm, like I'm not gay, but I still I hate anything that is homophobic or 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 anti-gay or anti anything. It, it's it's not who I am as a person. So right. it disgusts me. Even if I'm not of that group, it will still bother me if it offends them on a human level. Right. You know, and so that I think that if we stand for injustice for anybody, then we're standing for injustice for all people. Right. And focus on us being happy. Let's just focus on joy. You know what I mean? Let's just focus on joy and Joy and, and love. What about that? What's so hard about that? Yeah. <laughs> Fight for your right. Oh, my, been sent to we, but did we hear this word? 
So Kalani, you introduced me to some new songs act that I hadn't heard before. So the first one you chose was More Love by Smokey Robinson and the Miracles. I love Smokey, but I had never heard that song before. Yeah. Why did you choose that one? Well, Smokey Robinson is one of my, you know, my all-time favorite vocalists and songwriters. The first Smokey Robinson song I actually remember as a kid was like Tears of a Clown. And later in high school, Cruising was the song. Yep. But with Smokey Robinson, it's one of those guys that you had to work backwards to appreciate his full catalog of music. And More Love, it, it, it may be appropriate to what we've all been talking about and what's going on in the world right now. And it just has a, one of my favorite vocals and with just a sweet lyrics. All right, we're going to play that one next. And it's called More Love by Smokey Robinson and the Miracles. one you chose is by the Brothers Johnson. Now, I know this one, Strawberry Letter 23. Now, lots of people know this track. I don't play this track so often, so it's very nice for me to to get reacquainted with this song again. So tell us why you chose this song. I bought this, you know, the 45 back in the day, and it was, you know, it was a picture sleeve, and it was kind of cool. It was a, it had actually a scratch and sniff, and it smelled like strawberries. <laughs> and um, the Brothers Johnson was actually the second concert I ever saw in my life. And these guys were great musicians. And it wasn't later till probably uh, somewhere in the 90s that I realized, I found out that it was actually a Shuggy Otis song, you know? And yeah. um, 
and they, you know, Shuggy Otis had more of that psychedelic kind of sound. And um, I don't know. I think the Brothers Johnson's version just kind of upped the ante. You know, it was soulful. It was funky. It's psychedelic. I think it's kind of like where uh, Jimi Hendrix would have been, you know, if he had lived. lived right, on. right. It's just, it, this was a totally, I don't know. I also just thought it's just a cool song, you know. Uh, All right. We're going to play that right now. Strawberry Letter 23. After Seven, you chose After Seven. Now, I know this band, After Seven. I have some of their stuff, and I never had nights like this. And I played this to my wifey earlier on, and she's like, oh, I remember this, I remember this. I, I don't know it. So tell us why you chose this one. Now, this is from my all-time favorite movie, The Five Heartbeats. Did you ever see that? No, I didn't see that one either. 
it was a '90s movie, and it was it was kind of like a, a you know like a Temptation type of movie. And um, just a couple of years ago, when uh, After Seven uh, came to Hawaii and played the Hawaii Theater, I got to host the concert and actually meet them. And uh, to me, it's, it's a great feel-good song, my favorite movie of all time. Yeah, okay. Well, I liked it straight away, so let's play that one for everybody right now. Nights Like This, After Seven. Now it's Cora's turn. Cranes in the Sky is the first one by Solange. And a lot of people don't even know that Solange is Beyonce's sister. A lot of people don't even know that. And this is a great track, Cranes in the Sky. Why did you choose this one? Well, the whole album is just like my soundtrack, I think. It's the soundtrack of my life. And I, whenever I'm about to go into a big meeting or anything else, Chris will put this song on and, and just the whole album on. And even on our drive up to Haleakala in Maui, we, we played that whole soundtrack. And if people don't know what Haleakala is, it's one of the highest points that you could drive to in the world. And it's an amazing view of where you're standing. It's a very spiritual, it's a, literally a spiritual mecca um, that Hawaiians, Native Hawaiians actually do and that they make. So Cranes in the Sky, us driving up that high and getting up, up there, it's all the different trials and tribulations that you go through on your journey. Yeah. And wherever your journey is. It's the lyrics that she has um, throughout the record, all that she says and stating in her being 
of what a mother, a wife, an entrepreneur, an artist, and I see myself as being all of those things as well. Okay. And so it just helps me on very, very many levels. And so, you know, sometimes you try to drink it away, you try to wish it away, you know, you try to change it with your hair, yeah. you know, but um, ultimately, you know, it's like cranes in the sky. And the cranes, you know, where we live in Hawaii, we actually have cranes that fly where we are by our house. And so we see that, but then also when we drive down the street and we see a piece of paradise being turned into a parking lot, yeah. you see the cranes also wow. you know, tearing that away. So it's just the juxtaposition of nature versus machine and man and just the evolution of life in general. It's just very touching to me. Okay. Well, we're going to play that one next, Cranes in the Sky by Solange. one you're going to choose is Lufa Vandross, one of my absolute favorite artists of all time. And If This World Were Mine, featuring Cheryl Lynn, is that right? I don't know if I got that right. I think so. Absolutely, yes. Why did you choose this one? Now that I look at the songs that I chose, I think that it's the overall theme of, for me, it's not just the beat, the sound, and the sound of people's beat, the tone of their voice, but also their lyrics and what they're saying. 
And then how you can interpret those lyrics to being about familial love. It could be about romantic love. And it could also be just about you and your relationship with the universe itself. Yeah. And so when you think about those three different types of love, and you change lyrics to, you know, you know how when you sing this kid song as a kid, you don't know anything about romance quite right, yet. Right, right. And then when yeah. you get older, and then when you're singing these songs, and you know about romance, and you're thinking about it on a romantic level. And then later on, when you think about it just on a level of when you're thinking about you having kids yourself. Right. And um, how you feel about your kids. So when you think, um, if this world were mine, all the things that you want to give this person that you love with, with, your, with your heart and your soul. Yeah. And I think about that now, like we said, when we talk about Black Lives Matter, um, when we talk about the current um, circumstances that a lot of people are going through, but specifically Black people are going through in the United States, I would say that if this world were mine, we wouldn't be going through any of this. There you go. You know, um, I'm thinking that if also, too, that I don't have to be a Black woman to have this view. You know, I'm sure that if this world were many other good people, that we wouldn't be going through this. And yeah. I think that we need to reclaim this world and to know that this world is ours and that we can have this kind of love for each other and um, for our planet as well as um, for ourselves. Yeah. So I think that we just need to re reclaim it and manifest just that. There you go. One of the greatest love songs of all time, If This World Were Mine. If this world were mine I would place at your feet All that I own You've been so good to me if this world were mine I'd give you the flowers The birds and the bees And the your love beside me That would be all I need If this world Anything. Oh, baby, 
And the last one, Norman Connors, You Are My Starship. Why that one? Yeah, I think it's all a theme here, you know, with cranes in the sky, <laughs> if this world were mine, and you are my starship. So I went from being here on, you know, on a global level to now it being the universe. It's just the fact that you have a date with the universe. You have a date with your destiny. Yeah. You have a date with, with love. You have a date. With, with coming to terms with all that you're meant to be yeah. and your time right now and don't be late. Love and it. when you hear it, it, it's a child's and an adult's lullaby and yeah. it just takes me there and I, I love it. Yeah, it's funny, like you say, you know, a lot of times for our lives we sing these songs and we sing them again and again and we know them, but we don't really pay attention to the words until we're in a particular situation or going through something in our lives or we actually read the lyrics instead of just singing them and then we realize, Oh my God, really? I've been singing this all this time, or this is actually what these, this artist meant? Yeah. I didn't even realize what this artist So let's play that one, uh, You Are My Starship, Norman Connors. Starship, take 
I noticed when I was talking to you, Cora, is that you said, and when I beat cancer, I'm going to do this. So your language is very much when you're going to do stuff. It's not if I beat cancer, if I survive. It's very much when I do this, I'm going to do this. Is that just, is this that natural from you? Did you learn that from somebody? I think I've always talked that way. And then I was taught to talk a different way, which is, oh, if, and then it's like, no, not if, it's when. You know, and so I had to re-teach myself the way that I was as a kid. And when I was young and, and carefree and the world was always my oyster. And then to a point where when people instill fear in you and they project their fears and their limitations on you. And then it was like, wait, this isn't my language. This is the way that I speak. So I had to reclaim the way that I that I have always spoken. Yeah. So I did originally speak it and then I unspoke it. And then I had to realize, wait, the difference between then and now is that I spoke this way before. Let me get back to speaking this way. So I would say it's been a process. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm going through right now is trying to just change my language, you know, because like I said, I've been a pessimist, uh, was a pessimist in my life. And now I'm trying to be an optimist and try to really focus on what I want. And it, it is a process, man. It is just cha- changing those defaults, those habits that you have. You have to mm-hmm. just create new habits. And I'm really excited about a new time in my life, you know, just turning 51 next week. And I'm still. Oh, yeah. congratulations. That's right. You're a Gemini too. I'm a Gemini, Gemini too. The last time I went to your birthday bash. Yeah. I have a picture with us. And, and I just want to say thank you for always supporting what I do. Thank you for, you know, sharing of my course. podcast and listening. And you've always come no, out to my events and stuff. So I really appreciate you guys just you know supporting what i do kalani used to listen to no, my radio show and of course and we will continue to do that we 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 love who you are as a person as an artist as just a soul and and we will always support you and, and cheer you on and and we're so happy that you found you know new love and it will continue to be an, an old love and we just look forward to continuing on this journey of friendship yeah. with you well thank you and we definitely you know once this um covid thing is all over hope we can either visit hawaii or if you guys are over here on the east coast please come and visit us you know let's continue and build on this relationship all right well i'm gonna get out of here now and just thank you once again for joining me everybody that's listening please go to where is it corridorables.com is that it corridorables.com and then also on our corridorables.com you could check out kalani records Spotify channel um, on com. All right. Love you guys. Thank you so much. Aloha. Thank you. Aloha. Give the family our love. Will do. Be safe and well, okay? You guys be safe and well. We definitely want to see you over here. All right. Take care. For sure. Aloha. Bye. You don't know what you miss this. Oh, it's love. All right. You're right. About out of time. Hopefully you enjoyed that uh, interview. 
with Cora and Kalani, who run Corridorables. And once again today, kids, very, very cute. Big shout out to them. But that's right, it's my birthday next week. I'm excited. Next Friday, I'll be putting out a special birthday show. I don't know exactly what I'm going to do yet, but the plan is to try and make it a birthday show for everybody to enjoy, right? Not just my birthday. On my website, actually, on the support page, I have put up a one-time donation PayPal button. So if you want to go on there and just support the show as a one-time thing instead of a subscription, you're more than welcome to do that. And I just thank you in advance for that. Once again, thank you for sharing with all your friends and all your media platforms. It makes all the difference. And let's see if we can uh, double the numbers even next week. That would be amazing. That would be a nice birthday present. I'll be doing another live set, another live streaming set this Sunday for the San Susi Beach Club in Hawaii at 2 p.m. in Hawaii. 5 p.m. on the West Coast and 8 p.m. on the East Coast. Just look for Barefoot Beach Cafe on Facebook or Instagram and you should find the links there or just look out for my Facebook uh, posts, okay? All right, guys, have a great weekend and have a great week. Be safe and well. Aloha.